This episode of Factitious is brought to you in partnership with Wine52. So how does free wine sound to you? Because that's exactly what the good people at Wine52 are offering Factitious listeners right now. Here is golden fact number one. All you need to do is go to wine52.com forward slash fact. That's the word wine and the numbers 52 dot com forward slash fact and cover the postage cost of just £5.95 and you'll get three bottles of wine delivered right to your door. Golden fact number two, Wine52 showcase only the very best independent winemakers on the planet. Each month they visit an exciting new region like Sicily or Bordeaux and bring back a selection of exceptional wines for their members. Join them and experience a whole new world of wine. You can even customise your case to your taste by choosing from white, red or a mixture of wines. So if you're like me and prefer a crisp cool white to a full bodied red, simply select your preference at checkout. Also included is their magazine Glug and two tasty snacks. Golden fact number three, after your first free case you'll be part of their monthly wine club. There's no minimum commitment, so you can try it and see what you think. And if it's not for you, pause or cancel at any time. So remember, that's wine52.com forward slash fact to claim your case today. Welcome to Factitious, a podcast which makes you question what you know and almost certainly go away knowing something you didn't know before. I'm Rob Graham and I'm joined by Tom Harrison. Hello, the reason we're giggling is because that was take number three. Oh god, I've missed out <laughs> words, my chair squeaked. But as always on Factitious, each week one of us will take on the role of the expert, trawling through little known facts about a range of topics, teaching the other using our three golden facts designed to shock, surprise and wow our students. Now, we are rapidly, rapidly approaching the end of the series, mm. and I'm back. We talked at the end of last week's episode about how we'd gone quite science with some of the topics that we've yeah. done. I'm, I'm backing away from science this week, and I'm back with another, I'm going to call them a character, <laughs> and we'll elaborate as we go forward. Cool. Um, I am talking about Bigfoot. Ah, uh, yeah, nice guy. Nice guy, yeah. I'll be completely honest, I didn't know anything about Bigfoot. Literally. And yet you didn't come at it with a completely open mind. Eh. (laughs) I came at it with an open mind for the first sort of 10 minutes of my my research, and then I I went down a slightly different avenue. So I'll do my, my standard sort of opening and sort of talk a little bit about what Bigfoot is. What's my starting point? Who? Like, it's got feelings, you know. Rob. <laughs> okay. What is Bigfoot <laughs> to you? What is Bigfoot to you? Um, Bigfoot is a bit of fun. Um, <laughs> he is like the Loch Ness monster, the yep. abominable snowman. Um, the, the abominable snowman is the Yeti. Is yep. the same thing? You don't really normally get that, do you? Two different names for one mythical being um yeah that sort of thing lots of people with very dodgy 100p resolution four frames a second footage um 
that is apparently inexplic- inexplicable to many, um, mm. but actually is always. You never get a good. It's like ghosts. You never get any good footage. Do you? UFOs. Ghosts. Yeah, UFOs. Same sort of thing. And what I will say is, there's one thing that links a lot of these sort of whether it's Bigfoot, whether it's UFOs, whether it's ghosts. Not maybe not ghosts quite as much. What is the big thing in common with um, Bigfoot and with with UFO sightings? Where do most of them seem to take place? Yeah, in the good old US of A. Mm, and I'm not casting aspersions <laughs> on our American listeners, but I think there is a, a commonality between where these hoaxes tend to happen. Um, I don't know, though. Loch Ness Monster, that's our thing, isn't it? Have you ever been to Loch Ness? Yes. First time I went to Loch Ness, I was like, there could well be a monster in here. <laughs> it's that big. Bloody enormous. Like, yeah. there was a fair chance there's something in there. I'm not suggesting it is what they think it is, but there's a fair chance there's something in there. It's about 30 miles long. Mm. Like... The the only... The shame about Loch Ness is, so I went, and they've kind of... They've kind of ruined it because they do boat tours that have, like, a radar or sonar and they just scan the lake as you go across it mm. and it's like well that kind of takes the fun out yeah it's an interesting one because I, d- I think people Loch Ness Monster is kind of it doesn't exist mm. like it, there's, there's not some kind of especially in the way that they describe it as being yeah. almost it's almost like a dinosaur type yeah. shape thing that that does not exist in there they've scanned I'm, I'm being semi facetious it's a 30 mile lake they would be able to spot a massive thing in there especially with a sonar and radar thing there are people in America who do believe Bigfoot exists whereas I think there aren't really any sensible people that believe that the Loch Ness Monster actually exists you yeah. go as part of the mythology of like yeah, going to see true. it there the, are the, the people trouble, though with Bigfoot is that you can't there's nowhere to go and also the Loch Ness Monster is handily contained within Loch Ness, whereas yeah, Bigfoot exactly. is somewhere in North America. Yeah, so there's loads of places he can wander around. Well, Private guy. Uh, not so private if he keeps appearing on people's cameras, though, <laughs> is he? <laughs> anyway, let's dig into Bigfoot a little bit more. So Bigfoot is all, also commonly referred to as the Sasquatch. That's the ah, kind of... Ah, yes. The, the, the name of the creature, if you like, yep. that they, they purport it to be. Um, which is an ape-like creature said to inhabit the forests of North America. Now, there have been many dubious articles that have offered to prove the existence of Bigfoot, including, like you said, a lot of like anecdotal claims of visual observations, as well as some, I'm, I'm doing quote marks with my fingers, alleged video and audio recordings, photographs, and the one that I think people buy into the most is like the footprint. One. So they think they've got like casts of large footprints. They're like, what What could possibly have come from this? I'm like, I've made f- animal footprints in my classroom for my kids. Like, it's not that hard to make yeah. those sorts of things man-made. Some, a lot, are now admitted hoaxes. Okay. So a lot of them, like people have realised, and a couple of my golden facts dig into that a little bit more. But there have been lots of tales of sort of wild, hairy humanoids um, across the world. So, like, you talked about, like, the abominable snowman, um, the Loch Ness. They're not humanoids, obviously, but it's those same sort of things. And I think in the folklore of North America, especially, like, the mythology of the indigenous peoples of various places, the abominable snowman, I think, is and the Yeti is, like, 
that's by the people of the Himalayas, isn't it? Like that's yeah. that's very much like a mythology. I think I don't think Loch Ness monster is quite the same way. Um, but you then have this sort of fringe subculture that's called that's called crypto cryptozoology, which is okay. where they it's like a I suppose it's like a pseudo science, I guess. Um, the searches for and studies like unknown, legendary, or extinct animals. So like purported things like um bigfoot but then like the Loch Ness monster the yeti there's other ones there's one that's called the Ju- the jersey devil there's one that's called the chupacabra the mukali mbembe like they're all within folklores of various places okay. they they have these things and there is a group of people that go around basically trying to prove their existence um now it's really like i say really important i think it kind of goes without saying the majority of mainstream scientists have historically discounted the existence of Bigfoot. Right. Considering it to be the result of a combination of like folklore, misidentification, and then hoaxes, rather than a living animal. Obviously, like folklorists trace the phenomenon of it back to a combination of factors, including like indigenous cultures. So like yeah. cultures believing in this creature existing. Um, the idea of like the European wild man. Um, which I think is like the idea that there were there were still people around that hadn't evolved beyond in, in into like there were there were like these hairy ape but right. I, sp- I suppose like more than homo erectus but not homo sapien if you know right. what i mean somewhere sort of stuck in the middle um and wishful thinking i think that's a big part of it like people want those sort of yeah things to exist there's fewer and fewer mysteries in the world as we continue to advance so i think some people it's just like they romanticize it don't they it's nice if bigfoot was about it is inconsequential whether bigfoot exists unless he has some sort of physiological difference that like he has the cure for cancer in his blood or something otherwise a hairy bloke is not other than it's like oh we found him after that it'll be like right cool yeah we all get on with our lives yeah (laughs) yeah and and that's i think and people like the idea of there being something cool to try and find and like I'm I'm gonna say like people ne- not necessarily it's the same people who chase UFOs like they're mm. people who aren't necessarily the most intellectual like logic dictates it is highly unlikely that there is a Bigfoot yeah logic dictates it's highly unlikely that aliens are coming to Earth on UFOs but that doesn't stop people maybe without that logic thinking that there will yeah. be. And just to prove the lack of logic in some places, I typed in Bigfoot sightings, hoping to find something on Google saying, all these disproved. Like, all these yeah. hopes. The top rated video on YouTube when you type in Bigfoot is top 10 real Bigfoot sightings caught on Real, 10. love yeah. that. The word real is in capital letters <laughs> yeah. as well. So what could it be instead, rather than it being Bigfoot, what could it be? Could it just be misidentification so could it be that they're bears could it just be that it's a bear no one's ever gone up and spoken to bigfoot no one's ever got close enough because they're going flipping neck it's a something between a six foot and nine foot bipod like it's it's standing up on 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 its legs Mm -hmm. that's terrifying so mainstream scientists sort of think that american black bears are probably the most likely culprit for most bigfoot sightings particularly when a reserver views it from afar Mm mm-hmm or in like dense foliage or there's poor lighting because actually looking at a big I've never been to Canada or, or North America generally but like 
I imagine looking at a grizzly or a, or a, or a black bear from a distance. It could be. It's really hard to then distinguish how tall it is for a start. Yeah. Um, and black bears have also been observed walking upright, often as the result of injury. So that would that would figure. Adult black bears are roughly between five and seven feet. Grizzly bears are roughly between eight and nine feet when they're on their back legs. That's kind of how tall oh, we estimate hell, yeah. Bigfoot to kind of be. Um, and then in 2007, the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization put forward photos which they stated showed a juvenile Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> So but then, Mrs. Bigfoot. Oh yeah, effectively, or baby Bigfoot, yeah. The Pennsylvania Game Commission, however, stated that the photos were a bear with, like, a mange. Oh, okay. Um, and they unsuccessfully attempted to locate the suspected mangy bear. Um, but the scientists basically estimated that the subject in the photo, so Bigfoot, had approximately 22-inch um, arms and 18-inch torso so it was more uh, comparable right. to like a chimpanzee than yeah. it was to like a bear okay yeah so yeah for the purposes of the audio <laughs> recording tom is like swinging his arms down by the side and, and measuring from his neck up. to his belly button so misidentification tends to be the main theory they're not suggesting there's not something that looks like it could be this creature that exists because a lot of people have seen it but yeah. it could be an escaped ape so it could be some somebody obviously in america private ownership of chimpanzees and gorillas and things is a lot mm, more common isn't it yeah. in america so it could be that um it could be it could be humans it could literally hairy bloke be just a big hairy bloke walking through like humans have been mistaken and some incidents have then led to people like shooting bigfoot bigfoot because they thought it was something dangerous so in 2013 a 21 year old man in oklahoma was arrested after he told the police that he accidentally shot his friend in the back whilst they were allegedly hunting for Bigfoot. And obviously he thought that his friend was Bigfoot coming out of the woods. In 2017, a shamanist wearing clothing made of animal fur was um, on vacation in North Carolina when local reports of an alleged Bigfoot sighting came in and it was just this bloke in like a... Think how many people like in Game of Thrones dress with those big yeah. things. Like they get shot all the time. <laughs> um, and then in 2018, the Greenville police issued a public notice not to shoot Bigfoot if they saw him in fear of someone in a fursuit mistakenly being injured or killed. Yeah. Um, but then in 2018, so slightly after that, a person was shot up multiple times in Montana because somebody did mistake them. For oh, yeah, there could also be feral people as well as it being people that are just mistaken because they're wearing furry clothes there will be like we've all read and like i think we looked at it when we studied language development when we were in mm. uh, a level english we looked at those people didn't we that like have, haven't acquired language and people who just, just feral yeah. feral um so there's a famous story the wild man of the navidad which was like a wild ape man who roamed near Texas, like in the late 1800s. Um, and he was somebody that they like now think, well, that could be somebody like big, the Bigfoot phenomenon came a lot later okay. than the 1800s or than, than that point in the 1800s. See, that surprises me a bit. I don't know whether you'll go on to that when the Bigfoot mystery kind of kicks in mm. because Loch Ness, I swear, has been going for hundreds of years. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 17, 18th century or something, I think, Loch Ness goes back to. Um, so, yeah, I'd be interested that you would think 
that it would be a it would have started a long time. It was ago. the late eighteen hundreds. I think it was eighteen eighty five. Okay. I think the, the the they started to come into more right more prominence. You got to think it's America. Like America's not that old. Yes, yeah, like it's not been well. It, it, it is the con- as a country, it's young, but like you know, obviously the land and people and are big still parts there. of it weren't colonised where yeah, like there were big point. parts that wouldn't have had people living there the final theory for what it could be rather than rather than actually being Bigfoot is the idea that um, it's called parado- paradolia which is like the idea that we see human like faces and figures within the natural environment right so it could just be that like the fact that the pictures are really poor quality that we, we see of them it could be anything that you're looking at and us naturally, it's like people who see Jesus in bits of toast, isn't it? Like, you're <laughs> if looking you at that. If you want to see it. If you want to see it. And so it's been commonly referred to as blob squatch because it's like the, the photos <laughs> are so bad that actually it could be anything that you're looking yeah. at just there. Um, so could it be a spiritual being? Is it an alien? Is it a shapeshifter? Is it just somebody, an attention ploy by somebody? There, yeah. there, are, there are loads and loads of different theories, but let's open up. Golden fact number one. Oh, I've not even got into no. yet. You're already uh, bringing out some good stuff. So, golden fact number one is that Bigfoot is on the endangered species list in some countries. Oh, my. Well, I think officially mm. sort of recognised. Yeah. Oh so, my word. and in certain areas rather than necessarily in whole countries. So, claiming... Because that would be crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that would be the silly bit, wouldn't it? So, in 20... I this news article was from a few years ago, but it started back from sort of 2011. Basically, um, a guy claimed there'd been 17 confirmed sightings of Bigfoot um, or multiple individuals of the species rather than just this one individual creature. Um, This guy, uh, I've lost his first name here. His surname was Vimer. He basically went to... uh, Chattacoa County and said I've got all this evidence I've got historical documentation from the first sightings in the 19th century all the way to plaster casts of foot impressions made by Bigfoot in the county basically this guy went up to them and said you need to put you need to stop people shooting Bigfoot because there's a real chance that he could die as a result of that so he has been on um, the endangered species list within that area of Chattacoa County since, uh, well, actually since like the mid 2000s, but he was added to the endangered species list in Russia in 1965. Wow, okay. And f- Germany and France in 1967, which is incredible. Yeah. Considering that almost certainly doesn't exist. Yeah. And especially not, I don't associate. Any sort of like I could guess Russia because you have like the Ronald Snowman and stuff, but I've never heard stuff. I mean, I'm sure mm. every country has their own version, but I've never heard of a German or French um, Bigfoot or equivalent. What made it slightly worse was that the legislation in America was was passed. Well, actually, there was a legislation that was passed in America in the '60s about it, but it was passed on April Fool's Day, and so everyone thought that it was a joke. Oh, wow. But then the county commissioner, so this was in Washington, the county commissioner was called Conrad Lundy, and he basically said, 
this is not an April Fool's joke. Like there is reason. <laughs> they must to, have known. There is reason to believe that it exists. <laughs> I think the problem is, is like because no one's ever seen it officially and actually documented that it definitely is. Um, him. Yeah. Him, sorry. <laughs> um, but the idea, the idea, like we better protect just in case. Yeah. There's no like. There's no harm in putting it on the endangered species list. Like what? What? What harm is going to come from that? Apart from people thinking that you're loopy, yeah, it doesn't actually affect anyone really, and it might actually stop someone from being killed. So while actually they might look dark, yeah. it being an official legislation, but if it stops some poor French shooting his mate in the back on a hunting trip, yeah. then you can't really argue against yeah. it. I guess. <laughs> but of course, we haven't quite yet got on to go on fact number two, which is where we're going to discuss where the first hoax took place. Would you like to take a stab in the dark at where the first hoax happened? The first hoax? Mm. Um, I'm guessing America. Absolutely. Um, take a stab in the dark at a sort of slightly rural state. Mississippi. No. I'm going to tell you a little story. So... A guy called Raymond Wallace was born in Missouri in 1918, so he has since posthumously risen to fame as one of the most prolific Bigfoot hoaxers the world has ever known. So he was known to use large, badly crafted, foot-shaped wooden shoes to basically walk through the woods and create the tracks (laughs) supposedly left by Bigfoot. He is also said even to have been behind the famous clip, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, which was called the Patterson-Gimlin film. And that's kind of where golden fact number three goes. So they think that this guy might have been behind that. So these claims to fame were made after his death by his nephew. Um, So he he died in in, in 2002. Okay. Uh, So he never admitted to it, but his nephew came out. So he had allegedly started hoaxing in 1958 when he went stomping around one of the construction sites that he owned in Northern California. It was the tracks that he left on this occasion which became the first to mean that the creature behind them was referred to as Bigfoot. So people had seen Bigfoot, seen, in inverted commas, Bigfoot, but they hadn't ever seen what tracks he left, but he'd gone round with these big shoes and they were. that was then where the, t- the term Bigfoot okay. was then coined from. However, um, some evidence suggests that Wallace's hoax in 1958 might have sort of outgrown his creator. It wasn't just him. Yeah. And then went on to do them. So when the people arrived to work on his construction site in 1958, um, a guy called uh, Jerry Crew arrived to go and to go and have a look. Then he was busy bulldozing some nearby uh, brush to make space for a new road when he caught sight of some footprints, quite odd sized footprints pressed quite deeply into the ground. Got down off his bulldozer, took a closer look at the prints. Um, and it would be this that would obviously ultimately launch Bigfoot into the public consciousness. Crew and his like, crew, <laughs> his group, decided that the tracks were perhaps the work of a prankster and apparently already knew that they thought it was Raymond Wallace. Oh. Right from the word go. They knew that he was, in quote marks, demented and would probably have been the one behind the unconvincing tracks. They got a county sheriff came down um, and he publicly accused Wallace of creating the tracks. However, a longer line of tracks would appear later in that year. So this was at the end of August. By the end of September, there would be more tracks. And they decided to convince him that there was perhaps more to the story than they originally thought. Okay. Casts were taken of the prints and they were sent off to a taxidermist. Um, 
who said basically they were too faint to be used as evidence just by themselves. Um, but the story still made the front page of the local newspaper. Of course. And that is then when the term Bigfoot was then first used in that newspaper article. Right. Um, so even though they kind of decided that it was nothing more than a hoax, there were some interesting anomalies which showed the holes in that conclusion that made them think that it might be real. So after the original tracks had been found, the workers on the site decided that the monster making the footprints must have been behind some of the other disturbances on the site. So, for example, a £450 diesel drum had just disappeared. And they were like, how the hell can they lift up some, like somebody right. taking it that big? And there were some odd footprints that were left in the dust behind where it had been. It had also been picked up and moved as opposed to dragged. So they were like, it's got to be something. It's £450 is a heavy thing yeah. for somebody to move. And then it reappeared. Um, the foliage on the other side of the gully had been broken into by something large, um, suggesting that perhaps something had like picked up and thrown this oil drum Right. into the gully and they're like it's got to be something quite big to be able to do it so basically all of these things together <laughs> made them think oh actually it might be it might actually be something and there were several things so like the condition of the second trail of tracks which made the taxidermists come to actually have a look at them uh is worth mentioning when like thinking about the possibility that perhaps the Bigfoot activity in the area wasn't just a work of just a random hoaxer. The tracks made were several miles in length. Wow, okay. Which went deep into a steep and mountainous, like, forested area. So they decided to follow the trail into the woods, and as they made their way along, um, which is made even more impressive when they realised that, like, Raymond Wallace was quite a small, tiny bloke, for him to make these huge, massive footprints all the way through these woods is actually quite a a lot um, to do. They came across yards worth of like coiled um, steel braided wire, okay. which would have weighed hundreds and hundreds of pounds. Um, and then uh, it had obviously been like dropped in an area that was covered in foliage and brush of sufficient density that the two men couldn't get past it um but they would have meant that somebody would have had to carry that yeah carry that wire all the way up and then dropped it basically down into this area to be able to get it there like no one's going to be able to carry that through the woods without there being evidence that it had been carried right. through basically okay. um so basically the more they were going through the guys had started off feeling quite skeptical but then by the time they got there they were like something feels afoot. Like, it does feel like there was. So they've never f categorically proven that Raymond Wallace was behind that hoax. They can say that that was the first hoax properly. I'm saying hoax yeah, because yeah. I have a very closed mind to these sorts of things. Um, but it's it's certain that he was definitely behind quite a lot of the hoaxery during like, the genesis years of this kind of phenomenon. Yeah. I, I find it fascinating i mean if it was if it was wallace you kind of can't help but um admire the effort yeah but for what purpose like i like to think his idea was just to bring a bit of magic and mystery to the world maybe i'm romanticizing him but i just find the idea of Maybe it was just a laugh, one big practical mm. joke. Um, 
and and Americans do quite like that sort of thing, don't they? I, I always yeah. remember there's a really famous practical joke. Some guy in Alaska, um, there was a volcano that was due to erupt or something, and he took a load of tires and tar or something and uh, threw them into the crater of the volcano and set fire to them and then ran down the mountain uh, the volcano going oh my god it's erupting and there was loads of like like you know plumes of black smoke going up and he convinced the whole town that the volcano was going to erupt it's like um, peter and the wolf yeah but the, the, the <laughs> funny bit he had had the foresight to ring the police and the fire department and maybe the ambulance or something but he forgot to tell the coast guard so the coast guard genuinely thought the volcano was going to erupt so he rang and told them he was going to do it as a hoax he rang them and said by the way i'm, I'm doing this practical joke and none of them said yeah, i pra- really don't think that's yeah. a good idea <laughs> you're throwing things into a volcano yeah mm. well i think basically he didn't claim it to be him whilst he was alive. It was after 2002 that his family decided to release information regarding the alleged tools that he'd used to invent. So what, they just found these whatever shoes? but none of the foot-shaped stamps that he allegedly used match up with the cast taken by those guys that Uh, followed the trail. So the, the type of the Bigfoot cast taken from one of the prints from the, the construction site is 16 inches Whereas Wallace's stamps never came anything close to that. Right. So there is big doubt. So he he might have done some of the things that have been responsible for now coining the term Bigfoot, but he's definitely not the guy who originated that. So there we go. Bigfoot was not invented by Ray Wallace, but the first hoax did take place in America. And I want to dive straight into golden fact number three, which is about the... Um, film that I mentioned earlier which is called the Patterson-Gimlin film have you heard of it? no but I wonder if it is the bit of footage that I have seen and can remember I'd imagine it almost certainly it almost certainly is so basically it was an American sort of short motion picture of an unidentified subject that the filmmakers have said was a Bigfoot not Bigfoot as a single person but they claimed that it was a female Bigfoot well, yeah, I mean, this is the funny... Presumably, if Bigfoot has been knocking about for 150-odd years, presumably yeah. it's not a Bigfoot, it is um, multiple. Yeah, Rob's just showing me um, a still from the video, and yes, that is that is footage I've seen. It looks, on that still, like a orangutan, isn't it? Yeah. It looks like a like a big ape-type ape, creature. Yeah. Um, but that has been like to his death. They claimed, well, Pattinson claimed that it was real. He went to his deathbed in 1972, so sort of ten, five, ten years after they'd originally shot the footage. He he died of cancer, and he maintained right to the end that the creature in the film was real. But interestingly. Bob Gimlin, who was the guy who he was with, has always denied being involved in part of a hoax. He's basically avoided talking about it at all, apart from like three appearances. And he's like, it wasn't, it, I did, I, we didn't hoax people. Even though everyone's like, this was a hoax. Right. They've, so they've said, never admitted no. it. I mean, the image is surprisingly 
good quality, I'll give it that. Yeah. I mean, not amazing quality, but it's not like you see so much footage, <laughs> in quote footage, uh, and it's always um, peeking through trees and foliage. That is just an ape-like, a large ape-like figure just walking about. And if you go looking for something for long enough, you will find what you're looking for. If you're determined that you're going to find Bigfoot, you will find something that purports to be Bigfoot. To give some context to this guy, so Patterson, he wrote a book in 1966 which was called Do Abominable Snowmen of America Really Exist? So he was looking for it. It wasn't like he was just walking through the woods one day and he went, blimey, what's that? That's Bigfoot. Oh, we better get our cameras out. They went out looking for this creature. Um, And he self-published this book in 1966, which my research tells me has been categorised as little more than a collection of newspaper clippings laced together with his circus poster-style prose. (laughs) So you can tell what the the people reading that kind of think about it. Um, So he very much went out looking for Bigfoot. He made a docudrama or pseudo-documentary about cowboys being led by an old miner and a wise old like Indian tracker mm-hmm. on the hint, uh, sorry, on the hunt for Bigfoot. Um, and so he, Patterson and Gimlin basically went, it sounds a little bit like Lord of the Rings, yeah. it? <laughs> went off um, as the Indian guide, dressed up as the Indian guide and all this sort of stuff to go and try and find Bigfoot for this film yeah I, I totally get what you're saying about like being primed to see something and i think mm. with ghosts like absolutely that is like in my opinion all cases whether it's a trick of light or whatever and that you kind of go oh that must mm. be that image from that video and i'm not saying that i believe in bigfoot or anything at all i don't think you can apply that to that no, it's but... more in what is that hairy thing? Yes, is yeah, it, yeah. It could be a fella in a suit, for all we know. But what I'm suggesting, no, what I'm suggesting is that you could, if you're walking through the woods of Bluff Creek in Carolina, you're probably going to encounter some bears, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, let's go for a walk, and we will find something that looks <laughs> a little bit like what we're looking for. Take, oh. Let's take a picture of it from an angle that means that people might be able to say, oh yes, that is what it is. Okay. okay yeah, yeah, I'm not suggesting they fabric well, I am suggesting they fabricated <laughs> it is a hoax. But like I'm not suggesting if you look for long enough you'll find it. They have found something that could look enough like Bigfoot. Right. So then to, okay, I get you, yeah. So basically they went off in in a, a little afternoon in October nineteen sixty seven. They went off on their horses along this creek and at some point in the afternoon, they came to an overturned tree with a large root system at a turn in the creek, which was almost as high as a room. So it was quite high. Right. When they rounded it, there was a log jam uh, that had been left over from, from the flood that had happened a couple of years before. And then they spotted Bigfoot behind this, basically at the same time. And he, right. he was creeped, or she, was crouching beside the creek to their left, um... Although then the other guy said, oh, he was standing there on the opposite bank. So basically, like, immediately their stories don't quite match up with each other. So they initially estimated the height to be about somewhere between six foot six and seven foot. So somewhere between 1.98 metres and 2.1 metres. But later raised that estimate to be seven foot six. Uh, That I'm not too 
like human memory i mean there's a really some interesting studies on like eyewitness accounts how appalling human beings are at remembering details mm. about things so i'm not even in your mind it's taller than you yeah yeah and the fact that it's like oh it was standing oh it was crouching or whatever like the difference there mm. relatively insignificant yeah. to me but that still doesn't excuse the fact that they may have you know gone out and deliberately hoodwinked everyone yeah. either and the, the film sort of shows I'm it's sounding a... crazy i think i think i'm probably coming across like i believe in bigfoot i do not but there are certain things in there that i'm, I'm not too bothered about yeah, yeah but it still could be a fella in a hairy suit so the film sort of shows uh, uh we've well from that picture sort of a large hairy creature standing on its on its on its two legs looking a bit like an ape with sort of sort sort of silvery brown sort of reddish brown sort of like how to say it ape ape like colors yeah um, very much and i don't know whether maybe that's what's it is the image you think of when you think of bigfoot but i don't know whether it's because that's yeah. the famous film and in it's... the article that i was reading it basically says like the figure in the film generally matches the descriptions of bigfoot offered by others that have claimed to see him yeah. but do they claim that that's what Bigfoot looks like because they've seen the film mm. so it's, it's what came first the chicken one. or the egg yeah. so they think they were probably about sort of 25 feet away from Bigfoot at its closest um, and that Patterson's horse reared up sensing the figure and they basically then had to try and get off the horses to get the cameras out ready to take this picture, this film. Okay. Um, and so they, 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 the figure had started walking away from them. They started chasing after it. So the resulting film, which was about 59 seconds long, okay. is initially quite shaky until Patterson gets to a certain distance away and then decides to stop. Um, yeah. And then in the film, the figure then turns over and looks over his right shoulder at the men um, and Patterson sort of fell to his knees. Yeah, in I don't know, in some kind of <laughs> panic, in some kind of just I don't know. Yeah. Um, and Patterson would later categorize or characterize the creature's expression as one of contempt and disgust. <laughs> like you know, when the umpire tells you one more word and you're out of the game. That's how it felt. <laughs> I love that. Um, so basically, yeah, they, they continued to film it. And then you've got the famous shot that I showed you there, the famous sort of look back where it's turning yeah. around and looking at them. And Patterson said it thinks that he turned around three times to look at them whilst it was there. Um, and then obviously slowly sort of disappears out of shot, back into shot, back out of shot again for for a little while. So that was basically what was there, what was physically they claimed to have seen. According to them, they were the only witnesses to it with what obviously they've claimed was the Sasquatch. Their statements agree in general. Like generally their 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 um, memories of the event are relatively similar, but there are some inconsistencies. Like they have different sequences in describing what happened, what happened to the horses. Um, Patterson increased his estimates of the size of it yeah. as the further he went through um but people have defended it and basically said but if you were like a commercially motivated hoaxer your stories would marry up exactly wouldn't they 
Like you would make sure that your mm. story was. That's oh, true. I'm adding fuel to your fire. <laughs> you already better than me. Yeah. Um, but there are there are a lot of inconsistencies with what we yeah. say, which makes me think more that to try and rein myself in and bring a bit of sanity back to my mind. It makes me then believe more that they didn't go out deliberately going. Let's get our mate Bob in a hairy suit and we'll film mm. it, and then let's get our story straight. It was more a they've gone out there, seen something, yeah, filmed it and got a bit excited maybe. And as as I say, there are studies to show how bad people's memory is yeah. when they're trying to recall something. So it's more I, I believe that they think they saw Bigfoot, but it wasn't Bigfoot. And then the question is, what the hell is the thing? in that image that you showed me. And that image is pretty, like, it's surprisingly clear, which is probably why, that you know, this is the footage that's kind of, like, really picked yeah. up the most traction, because it's actually quite a compelling image. It's not someone peeking through bushes and it's all rustly, and, and while the footage is shaky initially, it actually steadies up to get a decent shot of whatever this thing is. It's fascinating. Yeah, I think the whole the whole thing is is bizarre. There's been several people since who have claimed that they were the person that dressed up for them. Ah, oh, but that yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So you've me. got you've got people who have they just wanted fifteen minutes. Either claimed they were the person or claimed that they were the person. So there was a guy called um, I just looked through my notes, Philip Morris, who claimed that he was the person who made the gorilla costume that was used right. in the film. Um, and he said that he'd sold it to him like in 1967, thinking he was going to sort of use it for a for a prank. Um, but I think he's kind of been discredited as a as like you said, as somebody trying to jump on it. Well, if ten of them are saying it, then I wouldn't, don't believe any of them. Yeah, and then there's one guy that was called Bob Heronomius, who he claimed to have been to have done it. Ah, says my mate Bob. Yeah, he did. To be <laughs> fair, yeah. Um, so he so he really stuck by. The idea that he was the person that dressed up for them, right? Um, and I mean, he's passed. I mean, lie detectors, polygraph tests aren't no reliable, yeah. but he passed a polygraph test, um, and Patterson also passed a polygraph test. Um, okay. Good for them, yeah. CIA agents. <laughs> so yeah, I I tend to not believe. I they definitely saw something. I don't think yeah. I, that looks too real to not be to be somebody in a suit. Yeah, precisely. But. It, it doesn't look enough like something that we don't already know what it is mm, to be yeah. something that we don't already know what it is. Uh, yeah, I agree. If you if you sort of catch one, what I'm subtly trying to get at. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I feel like as we've gone through this episode, you've become more and more converted to the idea that Bigfoot <laughs> might actually exist. Sign me up. What was the name of that one? <laughs> <laughs> now, Tom also now believes in mermaids and unicorns, unfortunately. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you play too many games. That's what I, you do. I I just I, I don't believe in Bigfoot. Let's bring myself into trouble. I I'm more fascinated by the conspiracy. I'm always I love chatting a good conspiracy theory, for better or worse. Yeah. I'm fascinated by the people that devote their lives to it. As I mentioned earlier, that Wallace guy to go to the effort mm. of making a hoax similar to crop circles and now we know how crop circling is all done like we've seen the tools and things they use. I just I find it fascinating just 
things people will do, even if it's for a laugh, whether it's to deliberately fool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It will, I think it will always fascinate me. But yeah, on that happy note, let's <laughs> let's wrap this episode up. So if you want to get in touch with us on social media, you can contact us at Factitious Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. Facebook, search for Factitious Podcast and email us at factitiouspodcast at gmail.com. We do also have a patron page, don't we, Tom? We do indeed. Yeah, I'll leave a link, as always, in the episode description. Check it out if you're at all interested. It comes with three different tiers with different benefits from ad-free and early access um, to access to Factitious Plus, which is the extended version, and then various sort of like interaction opportunities like suggesting topics and things like that. Absolutely. So we do have four people on our geniuses tier at the moment, which is sort of our top tier patrons. They are Rob Craig, Mike Kavanagh, Sarah McDaniel and Stuart Hill. So they are suggesting topics to us. They're giving us some questions to, to, to answer. So if you do want to join them, like Tom said, right from the top, the, the, the lowest tier is a five quid a month tier. And that gets you early access and an ad free access to all the episodes so if that's something that sort of tickles your pickle then do head over to that link what have you got coming up for me next week tom have you made a decision i haven't you know i'm, I'm literally looking at the list right now and i'm actually struggling to pick there are a few that are catching my eye so it will have to be a surprise mm. i think that'll be the my last one of the series so yeah this I'm is episode of... this is episode 10, 10. Yeah, so I'm kind of a little bit torn. If like I've only got one more shot at these, so um, yeah, it'll be a surprise. Or maybe I'll get in touch with some of the patrons see if they've got anything yeah. they'd like to talk about. I do really like. I've really enjoyed today's episode. I do like the idea of like conspiracy theories because it's taken us off on so many different tangents. Yeah, hundred um, But maybe not. We don't want to become too much of a conspiracy theory podcast. No, it's nice to sprinkle them through a bit because it mm. generates a lot of conversation and lots of interesting things. But yeah, we have to be careful. So with that being said, thank you very much for listening and thank you for joining me, Tom. Bye. Bye.